0: It's time to reveal the prize and clue start dates for Cycle Search 2022, presented by Total Media, along with the Tri-State Power Sports Superstore, Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson. This year's prize is a KO250 dirt bike, along with an accessory package valued at over $4,500. That's right, a KO250 dirt bike, clues begin on Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. There'll be one clue each day, Monday through Friday, till the prize pack is found. Pack is hidden somewhere in the listening area. Be safe when searching, and good luck! It's Cycle Search 2022, sponsored by Total Media and Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Visit Beliciofoods.com/slash careers to learn more.
1: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the morning show right here on Main Street TV. And of course, Jennifer here to start off your morning with a very special guest on a very special day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so welcome, Miss Je- Jeannie Gendra, to the uh, program, and we are going to talk about all things Welsh today, correct? That's right. Jennifer, thank
2: you for having me, and I have to say, borada, which is good morning in
1: Welsh. Borada. you can say that. Borada. something like Dayan. that. What? Well done. Oh, thank you. I knew she was going to do that to me. So, our good friend... Um, Megan Malone from the Lillian Jones Museum was in one day, and she said that she had taken some Welsh classes and whatnot. And she said, you got to get your
2: <sighs> going. It's a
1: very guttural language.
2: Um, I think that that's what throws people off. There's a lot of spitting that comes out.
1: <laughs> Not to, good during COVID. <laughs> you have to have a pint of beer next to you. <laughs> Wash it down. That makes sense. Total <laughs> sense. Well, maybe we can learn some words today if, if you're up for it. Diane. Very, very good. Dianne. 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 down. Okay. I'll let you say it. Okay. (laughs) So, no, today is a very special day when it comes um, to the Welsh heritage, and it is St. David's Day, right? That's correct. And that's why I'm here, really. And I'm so happy
2: to be here
1: um, to just talk about it. Yes, well, we're so happy to have you here. And um, first off, let's back up just a minute and talk about um, your involvement. Um, well, I guess your job, let's just say it that way.
2: Well, I am the director at the Madog Center for Wealth Studies at the University of Rio Grande. I've been there for, I've been the director for 16 years. And I love my job. I just get to work with a lot of students and also Welsh Americans from this area and also from outside the area. We have, uh, of course, the study abroad program is one of my passions. Mm -hmm. And we have a faculty fellowship, which involves uh, one full-time faculty at Rio doing research in Wales every year. And then they come back and do a presentation. Oh. And I work with the local Welsh Society and mostly in Jackson and Gallia counties and the Welsh Heritage Museum in Oak Hill. So, Lots
1: and then I'm on a couple things.
2: of national boards, which really, I think, raises the level of awareness of what we do here. Because at one time we were like the third highest in population
1: of Welsh Americans in the country. Wow. And I was going to ask you that. So, um, Without getting into a ginormous long, which you could, I'm sure, um, explanation, how did where did our Welsh heritage come from? Well, it started in 1818
2: when a group of 35 extended family members from John Jones's family and his farm name was Turbach, so. Because there are a million other John Joneses, you, you'll find <laughs> you that, in, that in the, in the Welsh, uh, they all have the same names and they name their children those names. So this yes. was John Jones Tierbach. They were headed from uh, Kilkenny, which is in southwest Wales, to Butler County in Cincinnati because a previous group had already settled there. And they Why would they have choo-
1: chosen that
2: area? Th- because there was another group of Welsh that had settled there first. Okay. All right. So, so that's going how, to- yes, going where there was an established sure. settlement. It was called Patty's Run, actually. So they came over. They were just almost four months on the ship. Now, this would have been early, so 1818. And then they would have taken wagons across the mountains to Pittsburgh. And on Pittsburgh, they would have purchased rafts. And now these are flat boats and they would have loaded their belongings on the flat boats and then gone down the river which would have, the high river which would have been different at the time. it would have been lots lower. Oh, okay. They did not have a navigator. They basically the men were you know steering the boat. So this was an arduous trip to say the least. I would say so. So it got to be August of 1818. The women are dressed in full Welsh wool and they are running out of provisions and they their boat uh, needed repair. So they put in In Galpolis,
1: <clears throat> and
2: they saw the cabins with the smoke of the French 500. And the French 500 welcomed them. How they communicated, Jennifer, I have no idea. (laughs) That's so true. Welsh and the French had only been here for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. And they put them up for the night. And then uh, in the next morning, when the Welsh were hopefully getting prepared, uh, you know, to set off again, the boats were gone. The the two rafts were gone, the two flatboats.
1: Where did they go? Well,
2: there's a couple of theories, and um, this is—I love these theories—is that did the French cut them loose because they wanted the Welsh to stay? Um, did a, a high wind cause the the flatboats to become unmoored, hmm. or did the women of the group who were dressed in full wool? of the Welsh costumes. Did they? <laughs> we're done with this. Yeah. Uh, that's my theory. And I do believe it's documented that one of the, the grandsons of those first Welsh, um, his grandmother said, we women, I'm sure you can see them. They folded their arms and they would stamp their foot and they would say, we're not going on. And they were very, we're done with this, very close, of course, to their destination. They didn't know that probably, but so they decided to stay. That is uh-huh. the beginning, and I love that story. It's really called the accidental settlement of the Welsh. Sure, in this area because it was accidental, and they did not go on uh, to Paddy's Run. They stayed here, and uh, the funny story is they could have stayed inland or they could have stayed by the river where it was nice and fertile, but being the Welsh, they they walked inland and they liked the area around. Raya Grande and Centerville—that's where they settled. That's where they bought land at a dollar twenty-four an acre.
1: Isn't that a great story? That's a wonderful story. And so the rest is history, as they say. And there um, is how we got here. Well, and I, when I say we, it's because pretty much <laughs> if you're from here, <laughs> you you have a little Welsh in you somewhere. Well, I have to just kind of put a little
2: footnote on that. No one came for the next 12 years um, after the 1818 group settled, but a minister was traveling, Reverend Edward Jones was traveling in Cincinnati and was told about our settlement here. So he came over and stayed with the Welsh and preached in Welsh, and I'm sure they were thrilled. Sure. And he went back to Wales and he wrote The American Traveler, which... Was he told about the places he visited in Ohio, and he named Jackson and Gallia counties as the top place to settle? Well, really? that opened the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> it was called the Great Welsh Tide, and thousands, uh, up to three thousand Welsh, settled here because of that and the fact that there was an established settlement. And this area became known as Little Cardiganshire, which is that was Cardiganshire was um, where they left in Wales. Really? And that's why we still have ties today and when I go to Wales which is uh, one of the great perks of my job, I have so many contacts in Cardiganshire which is renamed, Caradigian is what it is today, the modern name but that is, that's another great story of how and why there is so much of the imprint on the landscape.
1: That is such a wonderful story now what what why did the Welsh choose to come here to begin with? Was it just as many other people for opportunities? Yes. Or? I okay. think you can honestly say, um, of
2: course, Wales is a small country. Um, I believe that the firstborn son, if you were a landowner, if you owned a farm, the firstborn son would have had the rights to inherit that um, but actually, most of the people that came over were not landowners; they were tenant farmers. So they would have leased the land. I see from wealthy wealthy landowners, and then they couldn't own any more land. I see. So they also were um, they were wanting religious freedom because most of them were against the Church of England. They wanted they were Congregationalists, Calvinistic Methodists. A few Baptists came over and um, they just, they wanted their freedom.
1: So that would Makes have been sense. the reasons. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, and they could own land know. here. Yeah. So they could just buy land and, and do their own thing. A dollar twenty four an acre. Can you imagine? No. It's, it's <laughs> documented.
2: <laughs> I would be all over that.
3: <laughs> For sure. What, what year would that have been again?
2: It, well, the, the mid-1800s was when the great, Welsh Tide.
3: Okay. I want to look up the inflation.
1: (laughs) So, okay. So today is um, St. David Day, right? Or David's David's Day. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a moment. All right. St. David is the patron saint of Wales.
2: He was supposedly born around... Uh, 500 A.D., you know, those they didn't document too much back then. But <laughs> they didn't have the Internet. No. no, no. And he was born into some kind of aristocracy. Um, his father was a prince. His mother was non. And they were not married, as happened sometimes back then. But okay. he was born um, and he became a preacher. Uh, St. David was responsible for building monasteries and he traveled all over there are so many great stories about saint david um as you there is a picture of him as Mm -hmm. you can see um he was known to um be a vegetarian he drank water and ate um very vegetarian diet. So he was, he had a, that, well, they were monks back then mm-hmm. and they did that. And he traveled all over preaching and he was known for a few miracles. One of the famous miracles that I can recall is he was preaching in an outdoor area and the crowd couldn't see him. So a white dove landed on his shoulder. And at that time, the ground underneath him rose up and the people could see him very well. And the
1: dove is on his shoulder in the picture. And the dove is on his shoulder in the picture.
2: And um, we are actually celebrating the date of his death today, March the 1st. Okay. And that is when uh, all the people, I'll speak of Wales, there are many parades um, in Wales. Now that things are opening back up, I'm sure that there will be today. School children typically dress up in the Welsh costume. Um, I brought a couple of daffodils. These are symbolic of what you would wear. Um, I have a daffodil pin on, and I brought Jennifer a <gasps> daffodil pin that you can wear today. Thank
1: you. Today. Um, there are just so many things that you can do. You See can, if I can figure out how to do this.
2: Not too hard. You can eat um, yeah. traditional Welsh food, which would be this. lamb stew called cowl, um, you can just do so many things, um, sing and dance. Now in our area, we are not well done, Diane. Hey, I did it. We're not Thank celebrating you. this year at at the uh, Presbyterian Church in Oak Hill. We usually have a luncheon around yes. this time, but due to all of um, you know the pandemic, we decided not to hold it this year. But I know a lot of the Welsh societies in Ohio and around the country are holding festivities okay. again.
1: Okay, and so we are just celebrating um, saint The patron David. saint.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dowie Sant, Dowie which would be St. David, uh, the anniversary of his death. And um, it's just really good to actually be here to talk about it because um, I think sometimes when you don't get together, you have a tendency to forget. Sure. But um, my friend, Dr. Bill Thomas, texted me this morning and he had a picture of the Welsh flag. Uh, with the dragon on it. And yeah. this this would be what he hung, only a little bit bigger, um, at his house. And that's another way that you can celebrate St. David's Day.
1: I love that. And um, so then you have, so why the dragon? Where does the dragon come into? I mean, obviously, th- I think the Welsh flag's one of the coolest flags out there. I mean, by far. It has a dragon on it. Let's be honest. I mean, I this, pretty
2: cool this stuff. is pretty cool. I love the Welsh dragon and I do think that the flag of Wales is probably the coolest flag. Yeah. And I have to say that. And um what from what I've read, I think it the the dragon was always symbolic during um the times of King Arthur back then. The red dragon was always symbolic in in the Celtic um, early Celtic um, kings, and they had lots of battles. And what what the legend is was that there was a white drag a white dragon that was symbolic of England, and then the red dragon was symbolic of the Welsh, um, who were fighting the English at the time. And the the red dragon won. Uh-huh. So that is the reason that I have been told that we have the the dragon on the the Welsh flag. Now, if it's on the flagpole right, this end of the dragon will be facing England.
1: The back end <laughs> of the dragon <laughs> will be facing it, I got you. <laughs> Speaking of symbolism. <laughs> so you will know
2: that your flag is on the pole right if, if it's facing um, the right way, which would be the right
1: side. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now and... Listen, only reason I got through Game of Thrones was because of the dragons. So I want one. A dragon or a flag?
2: A dragon. You want a dragon? Yes. Uh Okay. Well, I can't help you there other than maybe this little
1: dragon. He's so cute. He is
2: cute. Isn't he adorable?
1: He is adorable. Oh, and he looks like so innocent. And they're not. (laughs)
2: Oh, the Welsh Dragon's pretty innocent today.
1: Although
2: pretty cute. Although, last Saturday, you know, the Six Nations is a big rugby tournament uh, with six of the European nations, and of course, Wales is known for rugby. And sorry to say that in the third match of the tournament, Wales played England last Saturday, and they didn't win. Oh, so no. the w- the Welsh dragon would have been very upset on Saturday. Yeah, he'd have been really facing England That's right. backwards. That's right. Yeah. So very sad to say they lost. And I have to say, if I was over there, it would be so exciting to go to one of those matches. I have never been, but um, I've been in Cardiff dur- at Millennium Stadium during one of the matches where I was able to be in, just in the area and watch the people go in and oh oh they're drinking beer and they're they have their flags over them and their faces are painted and they are very
1: that. very into
2: rugby that's
1: so cool what a fun sport yes and that rugby so james actually um had gone down to rio because there were some rugby matches held um when was that james
3: uh, well, it was. I can't remember. Was so it fall? would have been in the fall. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know exactly what month or what month it runs. Yeah. I think
2: it ran the whole fall term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it men's and women's rugby, very first uh, time on campus. Uh, Corey that. Momsen, I believe, is the coach. I've met him, and it was phenomenally popular. I was not able to go to any of the matches, but I think the whole community got around <laughs> them. And
1: yeah, because James went and and did some video. and just watching the the people watching was fantastic on top of the
3: uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was not far off from like a you know, high school football, Friday night kind of atmosphere.
2: yeah, isn't that wonderful though? Yeah, Love it really that is it's going to bring us more international students. Of course, Uh, You know, I love the internationalness of RIO, and that brings more students from many countries where they play rugby. Now, sorry to say that this first draft, they did not get any Welsh players, but um, I think they will. Oh. They will. They
1: just, um, they haven't yet. For sure. I mean, it's the first year. It's kind of hard to recruit when you don't have something going on. So speaking up so Rio how does Rio Grande and the and the Welsh uh, the Madog Center like how how did they tie together how did that start in 19 let's see
2: 96 95 and 96 they're of course thinking about the large Welsh American population here in sure. the area Dr. Barry Dorsey was very interested in working with that population, uh, my dad's population, your dad's yep. population, generation, they were all starting to retire and they had time on their hands. So they were interested in their Welsh heritage. Um, and there was Dr. Megan Lloyd, um, who is no longer at the university, but she was a Welsh American. And she, all of the that combined and having two successful conferences of Welsh studies on the campus two summers in a row, you know, they put their heads together and they thought, you know, we need to have a Welsh studies program. I love that. And then, of course, I have to, you know, bring up um, Evan Davis and his wife Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who were such generous funders uh, to begin with, and, and along with 33 others who gave. Um, so because of that, the Madog Center was established in 1997, and... You know, it's been many things. I think it was more academic, Jennifer, to start with. Okay. Uh, Raya was more academic at the time. We had, you know, um, more of a concentration of the English and um, history. And we even had a minor in Welsh studies, which was very popular, that went along with our um, study abroad program. Um, it's it, it has changed over the years. You know, we have a lot of community college students, and it's hard for them to take welsh classes or study abroad so um but that's how the madog center for welsh studies was started we have reached our permanent location we're in the elizabeth davis house Mm -hmm. we're on the corner of route 325 and um, lake drive and we have a lending library we have uh, welsh memorabilia Um, i do welsh genealogical research if if a person has a connection of a Welsh ancestor oh. from this area, I have to be careful because <laughs> it takes a lot of time, and a lot of people, you know, are clueless when it comes to <laughs> genealogical
1: if research. If your name's John Jones, you probably do. <laughs> Jones, Lewis, um, Smith, Evans, is Davis, Smith. A, a one, uh, uh, not Smith so much. Is more.
2: I think Evans. Evans. Definitely. Is definitely. Davis, Lewis.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Lewis, yep. So um, you know, we do a, a variety of things at the Welsh Center. Um, but my, my passion is the study abroad program where I can actually send students abroad. We're recruiting now. Um, it's, the deadline is March 18th. Okay. And it's for going over fall semester of this year, 2022. Students register for classes at RIO, pay tuition at RIO. Whatever their financial aid package is at RIO, that is what they pay for tuition. When they get to Trinity St. David, which is in southwest Wales, um, they register for classes in their major area, and they pay fees of accommodation, and I think there's a couple of other fees that they pay. Very affordable, though, Mm -hmm. and there are scholarships available. And students come to me all the time, and they say, I want to do this. I want to study abroad. Sure. I can't afford it, and I said you can't not afford it. This is the way to do it. So I will work with students. Um, and if they have, if they fit the mold of the student that would be successful to go over, then I will,
1: I'll help them go. Okay. It's easy. Well, and our sweet James actually did that. Didn't you James? Did
3: way back in two thousand and seven,
1: a couple of years ago, James. We yeah, just a couple that's, of years ago. Our, our, it's always a couple of years ago. We just don't do dates around no, here. There so. I am. James actually went with a larger group.
2: Was I there? Did. Was there six in your group or five?
3: There were were two other Rio students, and then a larger group of students from other countries and other schools.
2: I'm so glad you brought those pictures, James, because back when James went over, it. Again, I could send usually larger groups. I sent one student in the fall of 2021. Okay. It, and, of course, it was a strange time. It is. Uh, yeah. And she was nervous because of having to test on both ends for COVID. And, um, but she had a fantastic time. Is that Darcy Williams? It is. Thank you again. Darcy Williams is an education major that just returned from Wales in December. Oh, cool. And she told me that that opened the door for her traveling alone, that she realized after going over that she could travel anywhere alone. Although, as you can see, um, she had many other international students that she traveled with and made international friends that she can always
1: travel with in the future makes the world a little smaller it sure does it uh once you realize that that we're all just humans
2: it's a great place to be i know um james had a fabulous time when he was Mm -hmm. in wales and it is warm and welcoming the welsh people when they find out you are from america especially from a welsh Populated Community, area. Yeah, sure. They are, they will sit in a pub and buy you beer after beer. <laughs> and it's a fun way to just get to know people. Of course, pubs over there, they're not exactly like bars are here. Um, they're family oriented. You know, there's a dog on the floor. Sure. And, you know, his master sitting on a bar stool, buying you a beer, talking about America and where you live, and his Uncle John that came over. <laughs> That's awesome. There's such a connection. There is such a connection. In 2018, um, a large group of us from this area went over to Caradigian to Aberaeron, which is the area where Bat Davis was born Uh and came from. Um, They held the 200th anniversary of the Welsh leaving Wales to come here in Aberaeron. Now, we had a few celebratory events here, but they had a big event, and we spent a week there. We had a great time. And again, strengthen the ties. Yeah, sure. I have such good friends in Aberaeron that I just can't, I'm hoping to go back over in August just to, you know, see everybody Mm -hmm. again and go to the Nationalized Deadfoot. It is being held in Tregaron, which is in Southwest Wales. Okay. And they're holding it this year after postponing for two years.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Boy, they have to be itching to get out, don't they? <laughs> now the, they're,
2: the Welsh are traditionalists, so this yes. was very difficult for it them not to hold it. It's, again, in Wales, when we talk about uh, Stedford, um, we talk about um, a big celebration of the cultural arts um, where it's... Dancing and singing and recitation and yeah, it's not necessarily you get up and sing a song and sit back down. It's a whole lot of other things. It's a it's a high level of competition, and yeah. the, the prize money uh, you know is uh, significant. So to be there um, for the last five years, the Madog Center has participated in a group called Cymru Gogled America, which is the um, Welsh in North America, and we rent a, a they call it a stand, we would call it a booth. Okay, And we take our paperwork and we talk about our little programs and the Welsh come in and they learn about the Welsh in North America. So, um, again, I'm hoping that this uh, August that we will once again go over. We haven't decided yet, though. That would be amazing. But we can talk about the Welsh, um, a Stedford in Jackson City
1: schools. Yes, absolutely. Because once again, due to the stupid... pandemic, um, you know, things have gone awry, but we may be back this year. I think so. I've talked to the music teachers in the
2: Jackson City Schools, and I brought a program with me because the the Maddox Center, again, um, does not want this tradition to die out. And in 2019, Jackson City Schools held the 95th tradition of the Welsh of Stedford. <laughs> We were laughing. We
1: said we were, we were at the, the first. first one.
2: <laughs> now, uh, the music teachers have uh, assured me that they are holding the event this year.
1: Good. And what the Maddox
2: Center does is we will um, go in to the, all the fifth grades with Sam Kugel. He's the fifth grade music teacher, and he will teach the song, and we help with the pronunciation, Callan Lawn, which is a pure heart. It's a very beautiful Welsh traditional song. And, this, and the fifth graders have that choice of the song that they can sing. And then we make quite a big deal about the students that choose. Um, in 2019, we had a huge amount of students from each of the three elementary schools that chose to sing Lawn. I had a Welsh intern, Dan Robotham, that went into the schools with me and, of course, they fell in love with the, with him and his accent. So we had, like, you know, sometimes 15 from each school that would sing callen lawn So we had some publicity so in the cool. paper. It was. So we print the programs. We attend as many of the events. We go to all the fifth grade events. Um, I brought along a ribbon, which is um, we buy the participation ribbons, which are, we just change every year to include the year. Um, I think we've, we've just really done as much as we can to help them continue. And at the middle and high school level, we print their certificates they don't get ribbons, but they get certificates. And we, I think they've, for the last couple of years, they've held it at the, um, the Marquet Cultural Arts Center.
1: That's a great venue. It is a great
2: venue. And then um, they just really, um, I think that they use that Um, right before their solo and ensemble competition. So that is a good way for them to get the practice that they need. So this year, celebrating 96 years of Welsh I-Steadfoot in the Jackson City Schools, I will go out on a limb and say, I think the Jackson Schools is the only school system in America that still holds a school I-Steadfoot. I was wondering about that. There are church uh, I um, but I don't believe that there is a school of Stedford that, that they, you can actually say is steeped in 96 years of tradition. <laughs> so we're proud of it. And I'm so proud of Jackson City Schools for, you know, continuing this. Um, there, it's a rich history. And, you know, the Stedford in, in the country was held in Jackson in 1930. Oh. And they built... An Eystedford Auditorium, which is where um, Job and Family Services is located. Yes, that building. I remember it. It was a large building built just for the National Eystedford, and then they held um, subsequent Eystedfords uh, after that. So, such a tradition here. We
1: definitely have to keep it going. We do, and I think we will. Yeah, me too, and I think that's really neat. So let's talk for a minute about where are some of the other um, Welsh communities in America. Well, in Ohio, a
2: lot around Cincinnati, around um, it's northwest. It's it was called Patty's Run early on, um, which was where the first group was going. Sure, it's now called Shandon. There, there's a Shandon. Welsh church okay. and a Welsh community wow. there. A Welsh bed and breakfast. Um, In Columbus, there is the Welsh Society of Central Ohio. And then going back down to um, Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati has the Welsh Society of Greater Cincinnati. And both of those um, Welsh societies um, contribute toward a scholarship for our Welsh students at RIO. So, again, there's such a connection between all of the communities. And then if you go on up, let's see, Radnor, has a Welsh community, and I believe they have a a Welsh. I don't know if it's a church. The Welsh brought their Bibles and they built their churches. So, sure. Um, as you know, um, one of the things I'll jump back to here, the Welsh Scenic Byway, which I know you can't be from this area and not yeah. see the signs. That's right, with the red dragons on them. The Welsh Scenic Byway was designated in Jackson and Gallia counties just to preserve the Welsh churches that are still standing. Oh, So if you see the sign, um, there are brochures for the Welsh Scenic Byway. And um, you you can't go in many of them. The Welsh Museum uh, is accessible in the summer. And I have friends that have keys to some of them. So um, you can access some of them. But most of them are closed up for most of the year. So that is a linkage. Oh, there it is. Yep. Thanks, James. Thanks. There it is. I told you it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we link as one of twenty-seven other Ohio byways, and we try to do our part and just bring people down here. Love that. Um, and then, um, as far as other communities, let's see. Oh, there were the Welsh just kind of settled all over up above Radnor. We've got Gomer um, and Vanadoshia. They have a beautiful. Welsh Cemetery, and they have a, a church in Venadocia that has a gamanva every year. Now, um, what's that? A gamanva is a traditional Welsh sing. Gamanfagani would be getting together and, in a church and okay. singing Welsh hymns. Um, and in our area, we uh, didn't hold our gamanva in September of last year. We have a gamanva brighethe, which is uh, more of a singing the hymns and preaching. Okay. And it, it, hopefully this September we'll hold it in, um, we haven't decided that yet either, but we'll, do, we'll hold it maybe in the Welsh American Heritage Museum. Well, you know, it's just so iffy because of social distancing. And, sure. And our churches are so very small. Um, so that, and uh, if you go on the Eastern Seaboard, uh, Utica, New York has a huge Welsh population. Uh, in Pennsylvania, You know, of course, following uh, the path that the Welsh came in, Baltimore, um, across the mountains, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, um, the North American Festival of Wales is being held in Philadelphia this year. Okay. Over Labor Day weekend. And um, Philadelphia has a wonderful Welsh society. They just recently had their St. David's celebration last Saturday. And, you know, those bigger areas have larger memberships so they just really they just pull out all the stops and they have huge dinners and celebrations and i think that's wonderful Um, and then as you go out um i know in wymore nebraska there is the great plains welsh heritage project and imagine that wymore nebraska has a huge welsh population (laughs) and they are the archives of american Welsh um, materials so they have um, they've built an archival facility and we're trying to work with them so that all of um, the memorabilia doesn't get lost you know that everything is documented and scanned in and then kept in an archival facility
1: sure so would you say okay so when you go to Wales and and I have heard this so tell me whether I'm right or wrong or this is a rumor or whatever. Would it be um, like the topography of of Wales close to kind of what what it looks like here? And is that why they felt comfortable settling here? I've heard that. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. So does Wales look like southern Ohio?
2: The area of Wales that the the Welsh came from in Cardiganshire, Carradigan today, definitely looks like this area. So okay. what you
1: heard is true. So they felt at home when they They felt at home. home. Thought, yeah. And
2: this the Welsh study abroad, the, the exchange students that I have had, you know, you get them all in a van and you're driving down Route 279 between Rio Grande and Oak Hill. They are aghast <laughs> because that is where it's most noticeable. It looks like home. It looks like home. The only difference is there are no hedgerows. In Wales, hedgerows are um, hedges that they clip very close together to make fences and they're everywhere and they are thick and you just can't get through them. And they keep their sheep and their, um, Uh. their, their farm animals in, Uh. in the fields that way. And it's just amazing. It's not as green. Maybe during the spring and fall, we are as green. Wales has so much rain and it's very green Okay. And um, in my mind, it would be. It is. It is. Yes. So, and that's what I always tell my students that go over there. James can probably remember this. Take a raincoat. It rains all the time.
3: I can confirm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he must not be that sweet. He didn't melt. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, I didn't melt, but yeah, she's definitely right. The grass <laughs> is very green, and it does rain a lot.
1: <laughs> Look how green that
3: is. Yeah. So, I mean, that picture right there—that definitely kind of reminds me of the that Ohio San, River, San Stefan. It is.
2: I can. I've been there, and it is very green and beautiful there. Um, just a, a wonderful place to visit. That's one of the trips that the um, Trinity International students go on is to San Stefan.
3: But then there are also areas like this that look very different than southeastern oh, Ohio. Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Wow, that's lovely.
2: Well, I have to tell you, one of the things that just amazed my husband, and he's has gone over with me several times, you'll be on a beach um, in June standing there and it's, you know, maybe 65, 70 degrees, but the water temperature is cold. The Welsh kids are resilient. They have wetsuits and they will be swimming in the surf. (laughs) And it just amazes us (laughs) that they do that. But, you know, I think it's what you're used to. Sure. And they, and there, there are some beaches that are, are sandy. Um, but a lot of the beaches are like the picture that James just showed that they are pretty rocky, very beautiful. I think West Wales is the most beautiful place. That might be, is it Tenby? Yes, it is. Oh, see, I'm doing pretty well. Two for two. (laughs) It is, Tenby is a colorful town. That reminds me of Maine. It's beautiful there um, along the seacoast. I have been to North Wales. One of the trips my husband and I like to take is um, to travel up from Southwest Wales because they say West Wales is best. Um, and then go up the coast. There is um, um, the highway that goes up the coast. It follows um, the shoreline. It is beautiful. I yes. liked um, North Wales. Not as beautiful and as green as South Wales, but um, we have visited Krakath, which is a nice little, it's a kind of a little resort town. And I was pretty impressed with the Sin the Peninsula, Sin Peninsula. And Anglesey Island is way up there. So we, when we were standing looking out onto Anglesey Island, the wind was fierce. And it's just everything changes so much because you're, you're north. sure, um, And it's the, the weather is so much more, um, I guess it's r- more rugged up there, but just a beautiful country. Uh, there's so much about Wales. Of course, you can see I wear my passion on my sleeve. But there's oh, so much about wonderful. Wales that is just amazing. And people say to me, oh, I've, I was in England and I, we went over to Wales for like a day. And I'm like, not long enough.
1: No, for sure. Not long enough. Yeah, you need to experience to it. Yep. So <clears throat> how big is the country of Wales?
2: Oh, let's see. It's a little bigger, I think, than Ohio. It only takes about... Oh, well if you're thinking about driving from Southern Ohio to Northern Ohio, it's about four hours, sure. but it would probably take longer in Wales because the roads are not as good and they're not as direct. Right. So um, it's a small country. Okay. It is very small. Um, but it's just, it's has so much going for it. And then of course it becomes more English as, as you get over toward uh, the East coast of Wales, you know, and Wrexham. I've had, um, I've had students from Trinity that were from the, the north um, of Wales, and their accents, their dialogues, their dialects are so different.
1: Isn't that funny? Uh-huh. It is. Well, I'll, heck, you can be in Ohio and have 52 different dialects You as can. Well, so. It's true.
2: <laughs> and it's so funny because then the Welsh students that come here, they think we talk like um, we were from out west. I think the perception, and I don't know if James got this or not, but the perception that they had initially was like that we all carried guns and the, and that we were pretty rough characters. Well,
3: the question, the question I got a lot was, do you live closer to Los Angeles or New York?
2: They don't understand the, how big our country there's is. There's nowhere in between. <laughs> yeah,
3: there's nothing in between Los Angeles and
2: New York. No. No, and they will say I had uh, Hugh... Um, Bryant, he was a, a funny student that was over many years ago, and he said to me when I he got here. I can confirm
3: that he was very funny. <laughs> he is
2: very funny, and I stay in touch with him today. Jeannie, I, I have to go visit my cousin out in the state of Washington. And I said, really? <laughs> you have a week to fly out there? And, you know, he had no idea. No clue. No, and I don't think they study American history as much as they do um, probably European history and Welsh history. But I'll I'll tack this on. Uh, The Welsh language, of course, is beautiful. I've spent my entire adult life trying to learn it. It's it's very tough, as we talked about. Very guttural. Um, And I do better when I have interns from Wales because they make me practice. Sure. So I'm a little rusty right now. Um, But Basically, um, I think the Welsh language is very much on the upswing in Wales. The Welsh, when they hear that you are speaking English, they will automatically switch to English. I was going to ask you that. That was going to be my next mm-hmm. question. There is no language barrier there. Um, there, Every sign is, in, is bilingual. Um, I think that's wonderful. But the push is for... The Welsh language, not to die out. The last time I checked, it was about maybe, as far as fluency, 25%.
1: Oh, that's it? Mm -hmm. Mm.
2: But Welsh schools are becoming more and more popular for English-speaking Welsh families to send their children to. And there you go. If you start your child early on in the Welsh school, that's all you have to do. And then they have the fluency, and they can switch back and forth. That is the beautiful thing. And where those of us that had tried to learn when we were, you know, um, in our mid adult years,
1: it's tough. It's humbling. It's humbling. It's very humbling. My mind is not wired. You know, I, um, this is just Jen's opinion. This isn't anything. I just do not understand for the life of me why in the United States of America we do not teach young children different languages. Because it's just old hat then at that point. It is. It like is. Their little brains just absorb and they would just know it. I think a great
2: example, um, I have friends in Rio Grande and um, Eben Jones works at um, in the food services in, in Rio Grande at the university. And he was the brother of a um, an intern that I had, Lisa Jones, and he came over to visit her one summer. And he fell in love with her best friend. Oh, <laughs> this is a great story. How Lucy Colley <laughs> Lucy Collie and Evan Jones were married several years ago. And they have since, um, they've had she had a daughter, and then they have since had three other children. Their three young children are bilingual, and they because Eben speaks Welsh to them, and he is a very passionate Welshman. I do too, and it just illustrates what you just said. Why don't we do it? Why do we care so much about all the other curriculum and not about languages?
1: I don't know. I was just thinking. You know, we just got back from Mexico, which you know, whatever. They all they all speak English, but boy, it sure as heck would be um, a lot easier. <laughs> It, you know mm-hmm. you, you think about your independence. You know, I was talking with um who were we talking with that went to Costa Rica? Oh, um why can't I it, it <laughs> I just don't know. pictures, G- give me pictures <laughs> had just had a display at the Marquee?
3: Oh uh, Dennis Reinhardt. Thank
1: you, Dennis Reinhardt. And and we were talking about the fact that he had gone to Costa Rica and gotten lost, and it was kind of a funny story. But you know, you just think about how that opens up the world. If you can speak another language, you could just go wherever you want to go. And
2: well, especially Spanish. I do, I mean, Spanish, I I mean, yeah. Spanish is not, I don't think I took Spanish in high school. I don't think it's as hard to learn as Welsh. Right. And I know Ryo taught Spanish. Uh, until we had some program reviews several years ago, and they don't anymore. And again, I understand when enrollment drops, then they have to um, cut some of the programs. However, Spanish would be um, an asset,
1: definitely huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's just we, we're that's neither here nor there, other than our soapbox for the day. <laughs> but well, it does go along with what you're saying.
2: Well, and as far as Welsh, um, I get many calls. Um, for Are you offering Welsh language yes. classes or workshops? Um, most are older or mid-middle-aged um, adults, and they want to learn it because of their heritage. Mm-hmm. So in the past, when I have interns, we have had workshops. Rarely do we have credit classes. You, it's just difficult for that. But we have had, um, oh gosh, very successful w- workshops where uh, we've had some students and then some middle-aged adults. And I love that. They love that. Yeah, they love coming in. And as you said, Megan Malone studied it and yeah. and her daughter and then her husband was in one of the classes. And, you know, he had to make the, the statement that it was so funny for him to be in a class in, at Rio with his first-grade teacher because I had Jeremy Hartley... Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you believe I'm admitting that I had Jeremy Hurley in first grade at Franklin Elementary Franklin. a few years ago? Oh
1: man! So, but
2: there Welsh language around this area, there's always an interest in it. Sure. And what I do now is I will give people that inquire um, um, Duolingo or say something in Welsh. There's so many online programs, okay, that are either um, free or low cost. That I have known this Say Something in Welsh is uh, has grown um, to be a huge program. And I have, um, they come actually to the the NAFAL, the North American Festival of Wales every year. And they, they meet and they have their group face to face. People are fluent based on that. That's and you amazing. have to have the passion to do it. You do. It just is not an easy language. Um, but... We will, I don't have an intern right now. Um, We have not for the last two years because of the pandemic. Um, We're working on seeing what we can do now that things are lifting. But I like to have an intern here. Um, I like to have an intern that is from um, the part of Wales where our immigrants came from. And one that actually is fluent, or they call it first language Welsh. Love that! I do too, because yep. they are passionate about their country. So all of my former interns are have been like kids to me. It's yeah, like I have sure. kids in Wales that I can, I can see, and every time I go over, <laughs> that's so neat.
1: So like much a, to another talk family.
2: About. It is true. Oh, and you get close to their families as well. Sure. And the funny thing about Wales is when you go to Wales. Um, and they find out that you're coming over there, they will say, "Oh, stay with us." You know, we have we have an extra room and an ensuite bath, and you know, Americans aren't quite as open no. with their homes. But no. um, I've I've had offers, and I actually have stayed at Lisa Jones's um, parents' house, which really makes it so much more enjoyable. Yeah, I think James, I have to ask you. Did you have interaction with any Welsh families, or was it mostly just with... Yeah,
3: just students. We we never went home on the weekend with anyone or anything like that, and I don't really remember anybody's family visiting. Yeah, so, yeah, nothing really comes to mind.
2: Well, that's... Really, it's too bad, because Kevin Lyles, um, the art instructor at RIO, um, he told me this story. His daughter, Emma, who graduated about three years ago from Rio, Um, she and another art student went over on the the study abroad program and they, he had a connection of a woman that lived in Wales and she made the connection then because Kevin has been over several times. Mm -hmm. He, he loves traveling and we love sending him because he is a great ambassador. So when his daughter was in Swansea, um, the woman that was his connection came down to get these two girls from, you know, Rio Grande, Ohio, took them home, (gasps) took them around, kept them, you know, for a weekend, took them out places to dinner and, you know, just doing things that you, I think, get a more of a feel for what... For sure. What the the fabric... What the locals do. uh, Right, exactly. So um, I love that story. And, you know, (laughs) Kevin is... um, He's such a great ambassador, as I said, and he has contacts there, not only at Trinity St. David, but also in Aberystwyth, with art teachers, and it's so wonderful, because then he'll invite them here, and then we all get together, and we have dinner, and it's just like you you forget the years that you haven't seen these people. You never lose your friendship.
1: Sure. That's amazing.
2: Great stories, I know. I hope after hearing this, all you people will want to go to Wales and visit. I know, I do. I'm just sitting here
1: thinking, when can I do this?
2: Um, our president, um, Ryan Smith, yes. has been invited to, um, to visit Trinity St. David. And we were, we were working on a trip for June because Trinity is celebrating their 200th anniversary, which is wonderful. And they're one of the oldest um, universities in Wales, Wow. Um, and they have uh, combined into the University of Wales system. So we decided that um, we're not going in June, but we definitely will keep that invitation open because I think I can just see President Smith meeting with Medwin Hughes, who is their vice chancellor, who has been to Rio by the way, Sure. in the past. He was a great friend of Dr. Barry Dorsey's. And I could just see um, President Smith making a great impression and the two of them getting together. And then in my opinion, there is a strengthening of the program because we have not had their students on our campus for maybe five or six years. Okay. And there's a couple of reasons for that, Jennifer. I think they go to the university three years as opposed to our four. Okay. So if you, let's just say that you are studying theater in Wales, you would study theater for three years, concentrated. And then let's say you're studying, you want to be a teacher, then you're going to take, um, you know, your undergrad courses. And then the fourth year after you graduate, then you would take teacher training. Gotcha. So it's very different. And they don't have, again, as much room in in their curriculum um, to come over. And the requirement of, um, some of their, if they're in a Welsh language program, some of their, um, classes have to be in Welsh. So there are some obstacles to overcome. Makes sense. I think. Yes. But we are working on that, and I just think between rugby and uh, the Welsh studies program,
1: we just need to fill our campus with Welsh students. Yes. Absolutely. I think that sounds wonderful. All right. Well, we have a couple of minutes left. Is there anything else you would like to tell our viewers while you're here? This has been so fun. Thank you. I I
2: just love to be here. I have not talked a lot about the Welsh American Heritage Museum. It's in Oak Hill. Um, Again, um, the museum was the former Welsh Congregational, no, Calvinistic Methodist. Yeah, congregational. Little church. Okay. Little church. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually one of the bigger churches, and it's brick. Big it's church. the congregational church, and it was built in 1868, and it's beautiful. And then it closed and in the I don't know, early 20s, 1920s, and the Baptists used it for a while as a church. And then when they outgrew it, they sold it. And that was about the time when I spoke of our parents' generation. They bought it. And there was a group of them, you know, Mildred Bangert, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have heard of Reverend Hannah, Evan Davis, and a a lot of others. Um, They threw their money into a hat, and they bought the building, and they... In 1973, it was chartered as the Welsh American Heritage Museum. Love that. Isn't it wonderful? And dear Mildred, she you know kept the door open for years, and um, she's passed on. And we have, for the last couple of summers, we've been able to have uh, Deborah Davison, who has been um, keeping the door open weekends, Friday and Saturdays. Cool. And last year, we had a tremendous... Um, flow of people come through she did such a great job on social media putting the word out that we were open now we're not sure um what we're going to do this summer the museum is filled to the top with memorabilia it is worth seeing um we have so much history there um things that have been donated um from you know the welsh that came over um maybe
1: we could go um do a video james sometime. Yeah, that would if, be a
3: great idea. I haven't been in there in a long time. Myself. I have
1: a key. I'd be glad to let you in. Wouldn't that be neat?
2: Yes, it would. And I think what that would open the door to other people seeing it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people can't get there or they they know that it's closed during the winter and that they don't want to bother us. But um, several of the trustees have keys. So we're always willing to open the door. Now we have applied for a grant through um, the OFCC, the Ohio Facilities Commission, and it's a cultural grant, meaning that, you know, we're um, a cultural program and we are a nonprofit. So we have written a grant and we're hoping that we have some matching money and we're hoping to do a major renovation, which would include... HVAC, window um, improvement, and um, sun coverings. You know, it's an
1: old building. Sure. It needs... uh, Not the most efficient.
2: No, the roof leaked during the last rain. So we're really hoping that um, we will get the funding through the OFCC. We won't know probably until maybe late summer. But if that happens, then we're not... We hope to be open some this summer, and then we know that we're facing the task of... Um, putting everything into storage. So, um, again, we may be up in the air as far as the museum as being open. But, uh, you know, I always post on the, the Facebook page for the Welsh American Heritage Museum when we're open and what the hours are. So, um, but people can always email me or call me. At this I said this earlier, welsh at rio.edu. How easy is that? Welsh. Comes right to me, Welsh at ryo.edu, and I can answer any question. Um, and I always check my emails. So if you have a question about anything that we've talked about today, um, please don't hesitate to contact me. That's right. She's She's got it going on. <clears throat> That's for sure. Well, we can't let this tradition go away. We no. have to keep it going. You so are correct. You so are. Definitely. Correct. I think we
1: covered everything. I we did really imagine. well, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And we have three seconds to spare.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see if you can remember how to say Borada. Borada. You even rolled your R. Diane.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Dianc. How do you say cheers, but, uh Yakida, Yakida, yeah. That's yaki-da. the only one I know. Yep, that's what I
2: remember too.
1: Yakida, because there's lots yep. and lots of yakida, yes. yakida. yaki-da. Yes. You have to have you have to have your pint yes. in your hand. That's the only. <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, I know it ends in da. I was How trying did trying to learn th- that. Um, being around, just, yeah, just yeah, around people that have yeah through a friend that's very Welsh and he would always say that. So that's awesome. Yep all right well we do need to get out of here for the day um oh we need to do the, yeah, the let's s- talk about cycle
3: search cycle search clue really quickly
1: <laughs> while we're here so maybe since you're here and we read the clue you might run out and find the cycle search or maybe find <laughs> the weather is going to be
2: nice today
1: it's going the, to be nice
3: what do you think the chances are it's hidden in st david's cathedral, cathedral
1: Ooh, it could Ooh. be <laughs> <laughs> i mean at least we got off graveyard cliff finally It's not there, we promise. Um, Today's Cycle Search Clue brought to you by Ramey's Homes and Automotive Group and Paisley's Permanent Cosmetics. So thank you to them. Um, And here it goes. So today's clue is some may go left and some may go right. If you make the right choice, it will lead you to the bike. Got it? Well, that could be anywhere in Jackson mm. County. Just saying. You got to take all these words and put them together. There's little hints everywhere. So. All right. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much for being our guest today on the program. And um, come back and see us anytime you have something fun to talk about. I will. Yes. Thank you for having me. There you go. And we'll maybe we'll do some... Uh, we'll do some language someday or not (laughs) or not after the global pandemic so that we don't spit all over the place. All right. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will be right back here tomorrow. And once again, thanks to our guest Jeannie Jendra and uh, we will see you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.